All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Perspectives of Change show. Uh, we are here today with a very esteemed guest. And before I introduce the guest, I'm going to introduce what Perspectives of Change is all about. So sometimes we uh, forget that our perspective as change agents is just one of many. And our show, The Perspectives of Change, is dedicated to exploring and nudging change forward by understanding and valuing multiple perspectives. Today, we have on our show, Ralph Van Rus uh, Rusmalen. Did I pronounce that correctly? Good enough. All right, good. I'll get better at it. So welcome, Ralph, and thank you for joining us at Perspectives of Change. Thank you for inviting me. Brilliant to have you here. We've been talking of that since last year sometime, I believe, when we met in uh, Thailand for our Management 3 Auto retreat. And I've been like, we should have you on the show soon. And here you are now. Yes. It's always great to talk about this topic. So happy to be here to close the week with you and the guests. Yes. So I'm going to briefly introduce Ralph. And of course, I'd love for you to add more to your introduction because I might not do enough justice to it. So uh, I know Ralph as the CEO of Management 3.0. I know Ralph as the author of a book called Doing It. And that's the only second book published after Jurgen Apollo, as I recollect. Is that correct? Yeah, so far. And there are more now, but it was the first one. Yeah, exactly. So other than Jurgen Apollo's book. So I, I remember reading yours, downloading it. So it was an amazing book on the experiences and practices that he's implemented himself uh, on Management 3.0. I do know and understand Ralph to be an innovative, agile enabler. And he is so used to enabling individuals, teams, and organizations with the agile mindset, or as we know, as the growth mindset. Uh, but I'm going to let Ralph talk a little more about himself because there's so much more to his journey uh, than what I've just mentioned. Ralph, please. Yeah, thank you. But you know me, I don't like talking about myself, but still. Well, I started my journey in 1997 as a software developer. Uh, I studied Polytechnic University and I did software development and I really loved it. I still like software development. I still like tech stuff. But I realized that working with people and processes gave me and still gives me more energy. So I switched my career to uh, management in the broader sense of a word, because I think the Scrum Master is also a manager, as our coach is a manager, uh, the manager of course is a manager, all things related to management. Uh, doing agile Scrum since 2004, uh, so it's already for a long, long time. And since five years, I got my own company, helping organizations and individuals to make a next step. And often it is for agile, and I also believe that if you make a next step and you inspect and adapt, you always make the right next step. Maybe sometimes you make a mistake, but in the end, you will find your way. So nowadays, uh, indeed, as you said, uh, Sadika, Management 2.0, uh, I'm the official CEO, but we practice what we preach, so we're all managers in our team, and I'm responsible for the content, uh, translations, and of course, representing the company to the outside world. Uh, and besides that, I help companies, agile coach, fake term, uh, but it's just basically how the companies to become better, faster, um, and do things better, basically. Interesting, the, the use of the word fake term, but okay. <laughs> like that. Cool. So we have a very interesting topic that we are talking around today, where uh, 
I think some people look at it as a silver bullet. Some people talk about it as, is that really possible? And because we're so used to managing people and Management 3.2 has had its evolution. And today our topic is Management 3.2, which implies as one of the foundations talking about managing the system and not the people. So maybe I think, Ralph, it, it would be helpful for you to set the context of what is Management 3.0 uh, and why manage the system, not the people. Maybe we start with that and take it from there. First on what's meant 2.0? Let's try to answer that question first. I mean, it's not a framework. Sometimes people ask me, are we meant 2.0 compliant or can we implement meant 2.0? And no, you, you, you can't really. I mean, it's a way of looking at the system, a way of looking at normalization. And it's a set of games, series games, management games, practices, ideas, tips, tricks that you can use to make your organization better, to manage your organization. But that's basically what Manage 2.0 is. So not a framework, but just a collection of sets that improves, changes over time because also the world is changing. So what about managing the system and not the people? I mean, that's one of the slogans of Manage 2.0. We believe that in organization, you hire the right people and you hire people that are able to do the job. You can manage those people. You can tell those people exactly what to do, but that's hard to do because it's a complex world. You don't know exactly what they need to do because it's a large organization. So we believe that if you create a system, if you create an organization with the right constraints, because that's also possible, also okay, with the right goals, that people can manage themselves. I often use example, uh, if you look at people at home, they got kids, they got insurances, they need to buy a mortgage, a house, a lot of big decisions you need to make at home. And a lot of organizations, if you come to the organization to work, for some reason they think you can't make those decisions anymore. They think they have to protect you from all those big things and don't allow you to make any decisions. When at home you're allowed to make those decisions and you make often the right decision, you think about it and at work, then you're not allowed to do that anymore. And that's weird. But I think if you want to really uh, use the strength of your employees, your co-workers, give them space and create a system where they can make decisions with the right context, with the goals. So that's what we try to say, try to uh, do. Right. Uh, so I'm just going to add a bit more from the context that we have today, right? Because we are not physically in person present in offices today, and we've also moved virtual given the COVID situation, etc. So now the question that we get, uh, I think you and I both have been getting from a lot of people where, okay, how do I do the same thing by making the environment or managing the environment virtually? right? That's a question that people want to start with. And can I do that is the first place because uh, initially I could do that easily, maybe with a lot of uh, questions and challenges that I had in my head for doing that in person. But now am I able to do that virtually too? Yeah. And my first question is, still, is why not? I mean, what's different? I mean, people say, but now we work remotely and okay, but what's different? I mean, the fact that you work in an office together, you see each other, but with the tools that you have nowadays, I mean, you can do all those things also remotely. So for me, it's really, and maybe because I'm also used to working remotely with the Management 2.0 team, I'm really wondering, but why not? I mean, you can set goals, you can communicate those goals to your team members, you can have meetings, you can reach out to people, you can have video calls. I mean, everything that you do in an office when you're in person, you can do remotely nowadays. So for me, it's really a bit puzzling when people say that. How should I do that remotely? Yeah, just like you do it always. True. In fact, I think that's a good uh, point where I should ask you because Management 3.0 is a remote organization in itself. 
And maybe you can share something about managing the system of Management 3.0 with a couple of practices. And I know you guys use so many practices of Management 3.0 yourself. Maybe, you know, getting some top, whatever, three, two or yeah. three practices, and that would be nice to share. Uh, so what, I mean, we get together twice a year as a team. Um, not June this year, we have to skip because of Corona, of course, but we get together twice a year. What we do in those remote, in those uh, summits, or team retreats, we set goals for the next six months. Goals that we want to accomplish. And then we just ask everyone, okay, how are you going to contribute to this goal? So we want to develop a new workshop. We want to develop a new strategy for whatever. How do you contribute to this strategy? I mean, we're not going to tell people what to do, but everybody has his background. We've got people who are very uh, professional in organizing events. We've got people who are good in marketing and finance, in, in like me, creating content. And the thing we just ask, how are you going to contribute? What will be your role to make this goal happening? So the goal we set together, and then we just ask people, what are you going to contribute? So that's not really telling them what to do. It's not managing them. That's just, hey, this is what we do. But then that's how we manage the goal settings. Right. So essentially, how I would see it is everyone is the manager of their own goal. They're creating their own goals, but making sure that it's still aligned with the whole organizational goal that is set together. Yeah, and I mean, what you see in a lot of organizations is that the goals are not really clear. I mean, if you ask people, what is your goal? What is your purpose? And then it's often like, oh, I don't know exactly. I mean, it's making money. That's not a purpose. That's not a goal itself, I hope. Yeah. And if they know what the goal of the organization is, they know the purpose of the department, they can connect themselves, they can contribute, but at least they should know. I think that's what we try to do with the team retreats nowadays, have clear goals for the next six months. Yes, we also have a plan maybe for a bit longer, but let's try the next six months because things can change fast. I mean, where we are today, nobody could foresee that three months ago. And then from that, just ask everybody to contribute. Right. So, so what would you say, let's say, uh, for an agile leader, right? Uh, someone, because here we are redefining leadership in a big way. Yeah. And we are saying there's some amount of leadership that everybody has to demonstrate and display. And we talk about growing the community and growing this like a city and so on. So question is what or how exactly would you suggest an agile leader start his or her journey when they are looking at management 3.0 uh, practices and tools and techniques? So what they could, could use, you mean? Yeah. To, to start with, right? Because yeah. they have agile teams that they are working with and they want to spark something in these teams. So what do they do? Yeah. yeah. For me, the first thing is to lead by example. So uh, be the kind of person you want to be also who your employees want to be. Um, so lead by example. I mean, that's for me so important and so underestimated by many leaders, but lead by example. If you expect people to be honest, if you expect people to take, uh, uh, to learn from their mistakes, you should also do it yourself. And if you expect people to learn from the mistakes, you should also talk about your own mistakes. Um, and I think that's very important. And, and many leaders, managers don't do it. I mean, they think that they are perfect and they don't not talk about their mistakes. So for me, that's already them, point number one. Me, be who you want your employees to be. I think the second one is about transparency. I mean, uh, the goal setting, and that's for me a big topic, but be transparent about how the company is doing. Uh, have clear goals. and. I mean, if you expect people to make decisions for your company, for the goals that you have, you need to, at least they need to be, be aware of what's happening in the company. If they don't know what's happening, if they don't know what's going on, how do you expect them to make decisions? I mean, those people at home, they decide, okay, shall I buy a new car or not? 
mm, Corona's coming up, I don't know about my job, security, so let's wait to buy a new car. I mean, if you want to have the same behavior in your company, you should be transparent. If people see that revenue is going down because for whatever reason, they will not spend a lot of money, they will be wise. So I think that's also very important as a leader in a modern organization, be transparent. Have those clear goals, be transparent and inform the people what they should know so that they can make the right decision. Perfect. So I picked up quite a few points then you said, so I'm just going to, you know, summarize that. So of course, decision making, transparent goals, co-creating goals with their teams, uh, leading by example and being vulnerable themselves. So a lot of points coming out there. Brilliant. Yeah. So in terms of motivating their teams, that's, that's like one of the challenges most people have. And I know Management 3.0 has got really amazing stuff on how do you motivate, how do you empower, if you can share some aspects towards that. So that would help. Yeah, I mean, indeed, Management 3.0 has those uh, movement motivators, those 10 motivators, uh, and they're really individual. I mean, you can play that game with individuals. Uh, I believe as an organization or as a leader, you can also look at it from a broader perspective. Uh, if you look at curiosity, mastery, just look in your organization, what can people do voluntarily to chip in on activities that relate to those different motivators? Um, I mean, you can't come up with a motivation engagement plan that fits everyone. That's impossible. But I think it's up to a manager or leader to create a lot of opportunities, activities, events where people can join if they really like it. I mean, you can't force people to go to a, a pub quiz at the end of the day. So if people don't want to go there, then have, it's okay, you go home. But make, make sure those things can happen. Make sure people can organize and give them freedom to take care of those things. And I think also, and that's again the purpose and the goal, and I think it's so important in an organization to have that clear goal, that people can connect with it. I mean, they want to know what they contribute to. They want to know what kind of impact they are making. And if they can see that, if they can see the impact that they are making, if they can see the purpose, how they contribute to that, I think that it also motivates. I mean, in my workshop, I often ask, okay, if you talk about motivation, intrinsic, extrinsic, who of you could work for the weapon factory? And some people say, okay, I wouldn't mind. And some people would say, no, I cannot work for a weapon factory. I cannot work for a factory that creates cigarettes or alcohol. So they're already connected to that purpose of the company. And sometimes they say, oh, this doesn't not connect with me. So have it clear so people can connect to it. Right. And if they and if they don't like it, they can always say, okay, I'm going to leave the company. That's totally okay, of course. Right. And that's also to do a lot with their intrinsic value system, right? What they want to connect with and whatnot. Yeah, of course, you need to pay your money. I mean, nobody goes for free for, uh, to work, so that should be okay. Uh, but I think the intrinsic part well, is so much more important. And there are so many books about it. I mean, uh, Damping, Drive uh, is about it. Uh, Stephen Rice, yeah. so many research has been done about it. And of course, you should make sure that you pay a fair salary, that those things are totally okay. You should make sure you take care of your employees, especially in days like this. But the intrinsic motivation, I think that's where you can really make a difference. Right. And, and how do you see the connection, Ralph, between motivation, engagement, and being happy? Uh, because a lot of people kind of disconnect these, but I think maybe you can shed some light on that. I think if you are doing the things that you really care about, you will be happy. And I think it goes for me hand in hand. I mean, if I have to do things that I really don't like, then I can't be happy. I can't be motivated. And if I'm really happy, it also uh, encourages motivation. It also triggers my motivation. So it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you're not happy, I mean, you can always have days a day off. But overall, I mean, if you see things that you really like, if you really like the things you do, if you really connect to the perfect company, to the goals of the company, you can really contribute. That will make you feel good. That will make you feel happy. 
So that, yeah. I think that's how it connects. I mean, it's not saying that without the right motivation, you can't be happy, but it does definitely help each other. Definitely. So I, I have two other questions that I want to ask you before we open the floor, of course, for questions and answers. Um, so one um, last but one will be, is management 3.0 like a silver bullet for most agile teams? That's a typical question most of us get. Okay, so now that we have learned the tools and techniques of management 3.0, is my team going to be agile and more agile and whatever else? So is this like a silver bullet? What would you like to it's say to that? golden bullet. <laughs> No, I don't believe in silver bullets. I mean, I always tell people, if it would be that simple, you would have already sold it yourself. Simple as that. So what uh, Manager Pointer does, it provides the tools, it provides insights, it provides a way to keep the system. But you work with a complex system. So what works for one company probably will not work for your company. So it's just, I mean, I always close my workshop with, okay, now you can start experimenting. Now you can try things out. I mean, I know teams like Kudukas works great. I mean, they love Kudukas. I know teams who hate them and it totally doesn't work. So it's more like a set of ideas, games that you can use. And some of them will work for you, some of them don't. But the most important thing is just keep experimenting, try things out and learn. And also realize that if it doesn't work today, maybe in a year from now, it could work because again, conversation changed. I mean, if you look at remote working, some companies would have said, uh, half a year ago, remote working, not possible. Now they have to, and maybe in half a year, they will say, it's okay. On a Friday, we all work remotely. Yeah, true. Um, I think now the question I have is more to do with your experiences. And given that, you know, you wrote a book by getting onto the management 3.0 journey itself, and you picked up the courage to implement all those management 3.0 practices. And I must say courage because a lot of us as facilitators, we get this typical question, okay, I've been through the workshop. Now, you know, I'm not in the authoritative position to implement these practices and tools. And one of the things that we generally say is, do you really need the authority for all the practices? So maybe you can enlighten us with a little bit of your journey why you decided to implement those practices and how you decide and how you went ahead to implement them. Yeah, good one. I think it's also a mindset. I mean, when I didn't know about Man 3.0 in late zeros and I was involved in management, I already believed that you should have people make their own decisions. I mean, just give them the authority to make decisions, give them responsibility. And I always believed in that. And then I read the book and then I thought, oh, now it clicks. So for me, it's like, yeah, at least sometimes I didn't have the power to try it out or was not allowed to try it out, but I just did it. I mean, a lot of things you can just try out small. Try out an experiment. Sometimes it fails. Sometimes it succeeds. But for me, just, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you will learn. And if you learn and you can improve, then it's okay. And if you work in an organization and you try out Kudukas with your own team, just as a team member, an organization is getting angry at you because you try something out. To be honest, I mean, you should question that organization. I don't think you deserve a better organization. So I'm not saying, I mean, some practices like objective key results are very hard to implement within the whole organization. You need to have support for management because it really goes viewed correctly from the bottom to the top. But a lot of things you can just try out small. Do some kind of guerrilla, guerrilla technique. Try it out small and if it works, extend it. But it's just about just doing it. I mean, that's also why I called my book doing it. Just do it, try it out, learn, have fun. Yeah, so if, if you had to share which techniques could, you know, people just 
grab and pick and run with, which ones would you advise them to do from management tree Um The moving motivates, I mean, it's a popular one, but that's easy to do because it's really, you can use the one-to-one conversation with your colleagues in the team retrospective. Uh, delegation board gets a bit more tricky, but on the other hand, if you work, for example, with a product owner who's always complaining about things are not done, hey, maybe we can use delegation board, we can get things clear, and then we know what we should do. But that will help him. Kudukas is an easy one, and it's really valuable, uh, because it's really by showing respect and uh, compliments, and you can easily implement it. Just put a Kudukas box on top of the table if you have an agile team after retrospective, and ask people to give each other Kudukas. So a lot of things you can start doing small. I mean, if you have the 12 steps of happiness, I mean, all those things you can already do just for yourself as an individual. I'm not even saying that you have to evolve the team, but just do it yourself. Go out for a hike, uh, take a good nap in the afternoon if possible, uh, eat healthy. So a lot of things you can do locally, you can do alone. Some of them, like I said, goal setting, that's a bit more t- uh, difficult because that really requires other departments to be involved or management. Right. But a lot of things, just try that on. Just just try it in your team. Right. I know I said two questions, but now with what you're saying, I have one more question. Uh, I think that's really important for people to know because we we tell people to you know try out kudos cards. And to be honest, um, I'll, I'll share something from one of my experiences. And uh, I was there with another colleague trying this kudos card technique out at uh, a facility at an institution, which is an educational institution, and there were at least two groups of 10 each. And they said, we don't know how to write a kudos card. We just don't know how to appreciate people. And that's also a given, right? There's, it's, it's difficult for someone to say thank you or say something's great. So if you can just share a little more on the kudos card technique, you know, the backdrop behind it, I think that could help people understand the value of that technique because it sounds simple, but it's inherently you know, difficult to get out of a person to do that. It is a it really depends on, on the culture, I mean, where you live in. I mean, we Dutch people, we don't give each other compliments. Mm-hmm. But I think you can, I mean, what we always do when we have kids, we tell them when they do something good, we give them a compliment. I mean, you can use that as an example in your company. And if you're going to use them, I mean, there, you can write some text on it, why somebody did something great. But maybe you should just start, you can just give a card without any text to somebody else. And there are words like happy, proud, uh, congratulations. I mean, that already is a first step. Just give it to somebody. And I think if you have people who are really hesitating about doing it, and again, back to lead by example, you as a manager, you can give those cards to people. And of course, they also want to have a salary increase at the end of the year. I mean, you can't uh, get rid of that by a card. Sure. You give them a card throughout the year. When you see them when they, when they do something great, I mean, they will feel it. They will feel it in the heart. Hey, my manager really respected what I did. He really valued it. And by doing that, you again lead by example. Maybe they also get into it. Okay, maybe I should also give a card to someone. Hmm. But I think that's the best thing you can do. Just have them experience how great it is and give them a good card when it's sincere, when it's really there, and when they really did something well or good for the team. Brilliant. So three techniques that uh, everyone you can try out, at least what I heard Ralph say, moving motivators, kudos cards, and if possible, delegation boats with delegation poker. So definitely some things that you could try out, even without having something authoritative in your position to do so, are really easy ones to try out, right? And of course, be experimental on the others. You can, but these are the starting ones. Yeah, and you mean got to 
0.0, and you got this menu with the practices, and all the practices that we have are described over there. And when we also have uh, nine tips for better meetings, just simple things that you can just try out. And don't say yep. you need to implement all nine tips, but just start with the first one. Go out of the conference room, go out for a walk while having a meeting, things like that. Right. Ralph, do you also want to share the website URL for everyone to listen into? Which one? The website URL for Management 3.0. Oh, uh, management3.0.com. Simple. Super. So if people want to know more, all the practices are listed there. If you want to even grab cards, etc., the techniques, you can yeah. just download them from there. Try them out. Uh, of course, when flights, etc., start working, the web shop's available, so you can even buy the original stuff, right? The web shop is still there, so you can still buy stuff and it's still shipped. So. Yeah. Cool. So I'm, I'm going to open the floor for questions. So uh, I know Steph had to drop off. So she said that already when we started the call. Um, so if anyone's got a question, right, you're welcome to unmute yourself and ask the question directly. If you do not want to voice it out, feel free to type it out and I can put it to Ralph. No problem. So, Srinath, yes, Arika. So, we talked about uh, three, three such techniques now. What other techniques could be useful for, uh, let's say, you're looking at teams, uh, you know, besides uh, some of these we talked about here? Techniques four? We talked about moving motivators, delegation boards, and kudo cards. Right? Kudo cards are probably very good retrospectives, you know, just to appreciate someone before we end retrospective. Uh, but for others, for example, uh, you know, let's say we want to you introduce something uh, new to the teams. What what else could be uh, could be tried? So you want to try something new with the team, or to encourage innovation? Um, what could you try out with the team? Good one. Um, practice that really help. I mean, what I really like, and I think it's an underestimated uh, module, is about value and culture. I mean, we often talk about a team about, uh, yeah, they behave like, or they don't behave, or I mean, something is wrong with what they, I mean, a lot of things. And often it can also be uh, um, um, directed back to their, linked back to the values of the team. So what are the values of the team? And often we say, yeah, but we have this company owner values, like respect and integrity. And in most organizations, the company values are so generic, you can put them on any company, let's be honest. And not, not, not that many companies who have really strong values. And I think it's a great exercise to do with your team to talk about values. And you can do with uh, storytelling. First, you can share stories and then extract the values. You can use uh, Lego, I've got a Lego series play facilitate close to you in the company. But working with values and deciding what the values are or the values that you would like to have in a team can be very powerful. And that's step one. And I think most organizations forget the next steps. That's talk about those values, use those values, and review those values regularly. And not just once a year, but several times a year, or maybe even more. So I think that's a very powerful tool to help a team to grow a team and to make a team better. Thanks, Ron. That is useful. Okay, does, does that give you enough uh, food to try out, Srinath? Yeah, we'll try it. I'll try a few of those. So I mean, this is something I could try. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ralph. 
Cool. So when you try something, feel free to share that with us over a blog or something. You know, we are always happy to know more about what's being tried out and we can all learn from each other. Yeah, definitely. Fabulous. I know that, Ralph, you've also put out a couple of blogs on values and culture, if I'm not mistaken. I remember there's this three circles piece where you start with the individual values and then you go to the team values. Yeah. 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 You can find them on my website, uh, Agile Strikes dot com slash blog and there you can open my blog box. Yeah, that's a cool one. I, I remember hi. reading that before I, yeah. Please. Uh, hi, uh, hi, I'm Purnima here. Uh, hope you hear me. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, I'm Purnima. I'm currently working as a scrum master into Renault Nissan uh, company. Uh, my, uh, my, uh, my major challenge is around, I'm trying to bring out the trust, all these respects, all these values in place. But the team was keep on, it's a dynamic because I'm working for a niche technologies. So people were keep on shuffling each other. So when I groomed the team and the team is in good mindset and they had the maturity level is enough, then uh, the, the shuffle will be happening. Then uh, I'll be having a new members in place. So how to... Uh, if the team is too much of dynamics, right? So how we can uh, uh, move on with these challenges? So the team is very dynamic. You have team members joining, uh, leaving, very... Yes. yes, exactly. And then how to manage a team like that? That's right. Good question. Of course, I would say don't change it that much, but that's probably not a uh, solution that you can implement. Yeah. Um, if you talk about those values that are... Those are very important in my opinion. And uh, what you could do with those values is uh, when new team members join, mm -hmm. ask them also in a session, what is the value that you would like to add to this team? When we have this three or four values that are stable, that are there, yep. but every time a team member joins, you can change one value. Because I also believe that values are not static. They're not set in stone. They can change over time because the team changes. Yes, yes. When a new team member joins, Mm -hmm. Maybe he wants to ask something about collaboration. And then you can talk about it because maybe other team members, and this is a very weird example, maybe other team members will say, no, no, we don't like collaboration. It's, it's a weird example, but you get the point. Okay. okay. And then you can talk about it. Um, what you also could do, and that's not a MMG.0 practice, but I think it's still a good practice, is a team canvas. If you go to teamcanvas.com or org, one of those two, uh, you'll find team canvases that you can fill in with your team. And there are a few very good questions that I really like about those canvases. For example, what do you expect from the team? Okay. What will you bring to the team? Wow. Uh, things like that. And they're really great. And if your team changes every week, mm. that will be a bit hard. But if it's not yeah. that frequently, then that can really help you just to revise those team uh, canvases. And also the work agreements you can make as a team. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it again. And one of the things, of course, we didn't talk about it yet, it's also very popular practice, personal maps of Man 2.0. Wow. I mean, you talk about trust, you talk about getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and in an often say, drink beer together, that really builds trust, but that doesn't work in any, every country. That's so right. what you can do also is uh, create personal maps. And when a new team member joins, okay. ask this person to create his personal map. Okay. Because that already creates some kind of transparency, some kind of trust about, okay, but who is he really? Or she? What kind of hobbies does okay. she play cricket? Uh, what does she like? I mean, things like that. Okay, that uh, I heard about this uh, personal map. Maybe 
a good try and try. Thank you so much. And Purnima, you could try that virtually too. So everything works virtually. Let's <laughs> not forget. It's, <laughs> it's all workable. Yeah, I was thinking how to make it out in a virtual way because the personal map, uh, we need a chart and we, they need to work on. So I'm thinking how to implement that one. I'll really mm -hmm. work on that and uh, let you know the results, of how, how, would the, how I have been benefited and my team also. You can use tools like uh, PowerPoint, you can use, uh, I think it's FreeMind or XMind, free uh, mind mapping yeah. tools, things like that. Uh, okay. okay. Or yeah. even small, simple things. Let everyone draw it on paper and put it up on a shared yeah. whiteboard or something. Generally. Use markers that you can really see the lines. Yeah, okay. yeah it works. Okay. Sure, I mean, I I'll try it up. Yeah. Almost all Mentor 3.0 practices can be done online. Mm. Yes. I mean, I think the only one that breaks the puzzle me a bit is the metal game. To do that online, you really need to have some kind of gamification and board to play it. But even that one you could do if you want. Okay. Yeah, it's possible. It's just that one needs to set that up. But yeah, other yeah. than that, I would think so too. Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, what game was that? Uh, the metal game. The metal game is a game or it's a practice to visualize your team structure and to visualize the roles that people have in a team. And because you really play it on the table in person, you can really see the lines, the connections, the number of people in the team, the number of heads slash roles that they have. It really makes it much more clear because often when we talk about teams, we talk about Excel and we just add a few names and a row and a column and then, oh, it looks okay. But if you put it on the table and you visualize it, then you see, oh, this person has five heads. Yes. That's a bit much, you know, it doesn't fit on that person really in on the card. There's a reason. And if you do it in Excel, then it looks always good. Yeah. Cool. So we are going to wait for some feedback from Purnima when she tries and experiments these things out. So yeah, put it out yeah. on a blog or just share that with that. us in person. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Cool. Any other questions? So really good questions. Huh? It shows a lot of experimentation happening in different organizations. That's really yeah. nice. But that's the nice part. I mean, that makes it fun. If it would always be the same, that would be boring. Oh, yeah. To share one of the experiments which we have done this uh, moving motivators uh, we have done with our domain itself. Uh, it gives uh, it gives a pleasure like the, the, they had a team in place. We know each other that who is colleague who is working up, apart from our verticals and all these things we came to know. And we, we came to know like these much talents we have apart from our routine work, all these things. So uh, wherever we have uh, US developer won't be discussing with the with other big uh, data team members. So they, they came to know each other, then whatever the queries they are approaching them directly. So the moving motivators uh, brought us a uh, very good uh, initiative from the management 3.0 and uh, uh, we felt very, very uh, happy to that uh, implementing in our uh, company. Yes. Cool. Yes. I mean, I know a lot of games practices are explained on the website but i often say it's your own creativity that holds you back just try things out just try new things out combine stuff i mean just be creative also in trying how to use them great any other questions jude srinath 
Well, maybe one that's going to be interesting for Srina to talk about what can I do with my team. Uh, one of the practices we also have is really for teams is the team competence matrix. You can also find it on the website and that's really to get insights in the team what kind of knowledge they have and what kind of knowledge they need. And it's a team competence matrix. So it's really about, okay, again, creating a system, getting, giving the team insights of what they need regarding knowledge. Uh, and by that, they can also develop their own knowledge and also define themselves what they need to do for learning. I'll check that out. Thanks, Ralph. Okay, so if no other question, I do have one offline question before we close the uh, call. Uh, so there's, it's, it's a bit more generic. I think we covered aspects of it, but I'm still going to ask Ralph if there's something new that you could add to that. Uh, so how could we make the environment even more conducive for my existing teams that are working in an agile mindset? How can you make them more? More conducive. How can you make the environment for my agile teams a little more conducive for them to be even more agile? I think it's all about trust and then and, and giving them the space and, and the room to act and responsibility to act. Um, I mean, often when we talk about agile organization, people have in mind that they can do everything. I mean, we're agile. We don't need management. We can do everything. And But... It's not a playground. I mean, it's still a business with responsibilities and accountabilities. Uh, but giving the team more and more responsibilities, empowering the team more, I think that makes the team more agile. Um, and maybe what you could do is also look at feedback, performance management. How are you going to set it up? How are you going to give the team more, empower them also in giving feedback to each other? How do you make sure that they learn from each other? How do you make sure that they reflect on what they do with each other? And I think that's really about creating a safe environment and, and helping them. And I think that's where you can help them. And that's just about giving them trust, uh, providing a safe environment where they can talk with each other, when they can give feedback. So make sure that they understand what is feedback, how can to give feedback. And I think that also makes the team go faster, better, more agile. Perfect. All right. Any other questions, anyone else? That was one offline question I had. Of course, I made my assumptions based on that question. I was like assuming maybe, you know, boundaries are in place and um, a lot of assumptions that I made, but yeah, because it was a little broad. All right, if no other questions, I am going to thank you, Ralph, for an amazing time that we've had through this conversation. Uh, it's been a real pleasure bringing out different aspects of Management 3.0 uh, with you, finally, after a while. Thank you. I liked it. As I said before, it's always a topic that I love to talk about. So. Sure. And I'm sure we can, we can continue this for us together. And I've seen you talk about it also in the retreats, etc. So I know how it goes with you. It's, it's amazing. Thank you. I mean, it's been talking about motivation and happiness. This motivates me and makes me happy. So. Brilliant. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. And I'd like to thank all the participants for their brilliant questions. Uh, some that got dropped uh, offline and the others that were asked by people on the call. So thank you all for this uh, time. And uh, 
Uh, with that, I'd like to uh, close the Perspectives of Change show for the day and uh, do look forward to our next announcement on our next esteemed guest who would come on the show. Uh, you can follow us on perspectives uh, perspectivesofchange.com. Uh, this video will be put up over the weekend uh, on the website uh, perspectivesofchange.com and we also have a YouTube channel, so do follow us there. Thank you, Sarek. Okay. Have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. Bye. Bye.